Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as uh, simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. You're listening to Mile High Report Radio with your hosts, Adam Malnati and Ian St. Clair. Get involved with the Denver Broncos conversation at milehighreport.com. And now it's time to get to work. Adam, we've joked on this podcast about how the Broncos do not play well in December at Arrowhead Stadium. And Vic Lombardi had just the perfect tweet about it. The Broncos have lost, as we know, 11 straight to the Chiefs. We'll get into that. The Broncos' December record at Arrowhead is nothing short of abysmal. 3-19. and 19. The three wins the Broncos have in December at Arrowhead Stadium against the Chiefs. December 4th, 1994. John Elway. December 6th, 2009. December 4th, December 1st, 2013. Peyton Manning. So, John Elway, Peyton Manning. Hall of Famers. The third one does not belong. So think about it. I want I want everybody to think about I know who it is. We've already discussed this. I just want everybody who's listening to think about who it could be. It's 09. The Broncos are are the Denver Broncos of 2009. I think that's the only way I can think to say it. And so who's your quarterback? Who's the who's the guy? Who's your Messiah who's going to lead you to victory in December in Kansas City? Which quarterback is going to do that? 
Are you thinking Tim Tebow? You are. You're thinking Tim Tebow. I'm sure. I'm sure most people thought Tim Tebow. They're probably thinking the two, the two pass all run. Oh, what a game! What a game! Game at Arrowhead. Yeah, what a game! Wrong game. You should be thinking neckbeard people. You should be thinking Kyle Flippin Orton. Kyle Orton, baby. You know Hall of Famer, right? Am I right? He fits with the no. One of these things is not like the other is the exact song that should be played. That's fantastic. What a great stat. What a wonderful stat. What a, what an awesome game. Let's let's run through some of the stats for us. Just give us a just give us a taste. So the final score was 44-13 Denver. That's more along the lines of what Broncos country would like from this rivalry. But that hasn't been the case because as I joked to you before, Ryan Pace decided to trade up to select Mitch Trubisky instead of taking Patrick Mahomes. So thank you, Ryan Pace, you ginormous moron. Who still has anyway, a job. Anyway, we got that rant out of the <laughs> Who way. Who still has a job. <laughs> yeah, still, along with Matt Nagy. And, <sighs> and I shared, I don't, I don't know if you saw it, but I shared a clip of the Illinois men's basketball I team. I did see it. And wow. there were free throws. There were free throws and... The crowd just erupts in a fire Nagy chant. So all of Illinois apparently does not like Matt Nagy. It's uh, it's hard out here for Matt Nagy. Living living in Illinois, I will say that I've experienced a, a lot of Matt Nagy hate. Uh, I'm not sure if it's all Rightfully warranted. So. Um, I, I will say this, and I, I'm gonna this is where my, I have a big heart here. I don't like the uh, high school kids chanting it at his son's high school football games when he's just there to watch his kid play football. I, f- I feel like that's a little unnecessary. Other than that, anytime you want to chant fire Nagy, I'm fine with it. Just don't just don't do it when his kids are playing football. Like don't be a don't be a d bag. And then again, I'm I'm talking to the completely wrong audience because nobody listening to this even cares. <laughs> Hit me with more of these yeah, Kansas City the the Broncos stats. That's what I want. That was that's a complete Philadelphia move, by the way. It totally just to, to chant that at the at your at the kids' football game. <laughs> that's a Philadelphia. You might as well move, throw snowballs like, at Santa. Yeah, or, or boo Santa. <laughs> um, but some of the stats, uh, the leading rusher for this game, and I do not remember this guy. Like I don't remember his name. I don't remember anything about him. Corell Buckhalter had 12 carries for 113 yards, the leading rusher for the Broncos. I do not remember him. I I remember the name. I will I will not I will not say that I remember who he was, but I do the name sounds familiar. But if you had told me he ran for over 100 yards against the Chiefs in Kansas City in December, I would have told you you were probably wrong. I would have disagreed with you. Kyle Orton was 15 to 25 for 180 yards, two touchdowns and a pick. He also had Matt two Castle was 10 of 29 for 84 yards and two picks. Chris Sims had negative four yards rushing on three carries. Chris so Sims was there. He came in to do the <laughs> kneel down. Designated uh, victory formation quarterback. Can and I do it? Sure. Old go ahead. friend. An old friend. Uh, drunk Matt Prater had three field goals and five extra points. I mean, think about that though. The Broncos scored five touchdowns in this game, five touchdowns. It, it, it's I, 
I love those games, and we don't get to see them very often, so it's kind of fun to celebrate it. The, it this was a fun game. No, Sean Moreno had two touchdowns in this game. Uh, he had uh, you, you had who else was scoring in this game? You had a defensive touchdown. Andre Goodman had a, a fumble recovery return for a touchdown. Brandon Marshall scored a touchdown. The wide a receiver receiver Brandon Marshall scored a touchdown. Not the not the linebacker Brandon Marshall, uh, and so did Daniel Graham. Daniel Graham, everybody. That I mean, the the names here, the 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 people. The you, you know, you go back in time. Jamal Charles scored a touchdown for the Chiefs. Jamal Charles played for the Chiefs. Remember that? I, I what what a crazy time it was to be alive. It was fun. And now here we are, and and here we are sitting today, where the Broncos have not beaten the chiefs since Peyton freaking Manning was the quarterback. Again, the Broncos have not beaten the chiefs since week two of the super bowl season. Patrick Mahomes has never lost to the Denver Broncos. Don't like that stat. I don't like that stat at all. I don't like that stat at all, and I and I will say you 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 almost forgot to mention part of the stat from from Vic that was also tweeted out that I think is an important piece of this puzzle here. Um, the Broncos three and nineteen in Kansas City in December, and the other part of that is that Andy Reid is nineteen and three after the bye. This is shaping up to be a a real primetime fun one for us. Uh, Don't forget, this game got flexed into Sunday Night Football, everybody. So uh, if you're tuning in to watch the Denver Broncos on Sunday, it's going to be in the evening. You will have had your dinner or be sitting down to have some dinner or whatever it might be, and this is the game you're going to get to watch. It's – I mm, I (laughs) – I'm trying to I'm trying to like psych myself up into some confidence because they they just played a really good game against the Chargers and I feel like that that could carry over and then I keep reminding myself after that that they also did the same thing against the Cowboys and then completely uh, you know pissed down their leg if you will and it's like it's, I ah uh oh just uh oh it's all I can think here right now so I, I I I don't even know what to say at this point. Mike Kliss had an interesting stat though. Because he tweeted out earlier this week about Andy Reid's record coming off of a bye, 19 and 3. But he did note that Andy Reid is 1 and 1 coming off the bye against the Denver Broncos. So you're telling me there's a chance? In the Jim Carrey sense, yes. <laughs> because I, I, the Kansas City Chiefs, I think, have found the team that I think a lot of people thought they were going to be at the start of the season. And I think a big part of that is their defense is getting healthy. We mentioned this on the post-game podcast after the Chargers win. Chris Jones and Frank Clark are healthy. Obviously, those two guys are the drivers for that defense. And I compared Chris Jones to Reggie White. And I don't know if Chris Jones is on that level. Reggie White is the greatest pass rusher ever. Maybe Deacon Jones would have an argument about that with the yeah, head you, slap. You could probably make that conversation a, a fun one. And it's interesting. The minister of defense and then the deacon. An interesting Depends on your there. denomination, I suppose. But Chris Jones is just, he is such a, when, when he was a free agent, 
and he wasn't really a free agent because he was always going to return to the Chiefs. But I just I imagined him on that Denver defensive line because that's who they've missed on the interior part of this line since Malik Jackson and Derek Wolf, and he he does everything on that defense because you can put him inside, you can put him outside. And I have a feeling they're going to put him inside because the Broncos, I don't think, have any healthy guards. <laughs> you have Quinn Meneers and Natane Moody, and Dalton Reisner could be okay, but how, what, what spot is he going to be in with his back? So that I think that's how the Chiefs have won four games in a row and become the machine that everyone thought they were going to be heading into the year. Yeah, it's been interesting to sort of watch their season evolve um the i enjoyed watching them lose i think everybody who's listening to this was happy to see them lose and it's unfortunate that the broncos are catching them after they have sort of figured things out and teams naturally and this is sort of something that that we maybe have forgot about with the chiefs going into the season teams go through that post super bowl hangover when they lose the super bowl it, it's a, a a natural thing to see happen where uh, you know every every team I can think of. I mean, what, what was the last team that you saw that lost the Super Bowl and then went back to the Super Bowl the next year? It doesn't happen very often. I mean, it, it might be the Bills. I don't know. So it is I'm not going back to the early '90s. Seriously, I'm just. I, I mean, I can't think of another team that did it, and they did it four times. That which, let I digress here. But quite frankly, what a feat. Because look at what the Chiefs have gone through this year. Look at look at how good this team was predicted to be. Very few changes. And you talked about having Chris Jones on defense. And that offense, unfortunately for us, as Bronco fans, <laughs> that Chiefs offense is incredible. They still struggled. They still had issues because they still were feeling the after effects of losing a Super Bowl. There's something that mentally and physically drains a team when that happens to them. And it makes it harder to get back. If there is a team that can overcome that, if there is a team that can get by that particular hangover and make it back to the Super Bowl, uh, quite frankly, I think it might be this Chiefs team. And that also sucks because it means that as the Broncos head to Kansas City in December, uh, this is the wrong time to head to Kansas City. Like if you're going to go to Kansas City, go in the summertime, have some barbecue. You know, some of that stuff is fine. Maybe catch a Royals game, I guess. But but don't stick around for December cold and nasty and I think offensively I think the thing that's helped is Clyde Edwards Alaire because he had been hurt he's been back when Andy Reid's able to get that running game going and whether or not he uses it because even when he was in Philadelphia and he had LaShawn McCoy they didn't really run the football I think he's I think he's adapted and I think he's utilized it more since he's been in Kansas City but I, I I do think the return of Clyde Edwards-Alaire has helped in a big way because if they're able to run the football, that doesn't mean that they can narrow in and focus on Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey. That opens up the whole field, which is how this offense thrives, especially Patrick Mahomes when he's able to just pick defenses apart like he did against Dallas. I, I mean, that. but the thing is, and we've touched on this, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers got the blueprint to slow down the Kansas City Chiefs from Vic Fangio and the Denver Broncos. The key to this game is whether or not Teddy Bridgewater and the offense can score enough points. Yeah, I, I totally agree with that. And uh, it is going to be 
uh, it's a tough road to hoe because uh, you you can't you you cannot go into this game feeling confident, even though the Broncos are coming off a pretty big, convincing win over the Chargers. Uh, they they gave the Los Angeles Chargers a beatdown. I, I keep seeing Teddy Bridgewater stiff-arming Joey Bosa into the ground. Fantastic. I love it. I could watch that over and over and over again. And then he throws that touchdown strike to Sobert. But this is not the same Chargers team from the beginning of the season. It almost feels like the Chiefs and Chargers have switched spots. At the start of the season, the, the Chiefs looked like a team that was not going anywhere. They looked like they were going to take the year off. The Chargers looked like they were going to extend Chargers' season all the way through to the playoffs. And they've switched. They have flip-flopped. And so, yes, the Broncos got a convincing win over a team that we have said looks like a, a, a playoff contender. The Chiefs don't look like a playoff contender to me. They look like a Super Bowl contender to me. That, there is a difference. There is a huge difference, and they currently look like a Super Bowl contender, whereas the Chargers don't. The Chargers do not look like a team that is contending for even a playoff spot with the way they've been playing. So this will be a huge test to see whether or not Vic Fangio, quite frankly, can contain the Chiefs' defense the way that other teams have used his blueprint to do so. Will he also be able to do that? I'm, I'm not sure that he will, and there's all these factors that we've already talked about that sort of play into that. I don't really know. They've, the Chiefs have blown the Broncos out with Vic Fangio as a head coach, what, one time? One real blowout? Every, every other game's been fairly close. This might be the only offense that they've had that could actually, if nothing else, sort of hang on to the football and keep it close. That might give them a chance in the fourth quarter. If they're close, it might give them an opportunity to accidentally fall into a win. But this is not going to be an easy game for any of the phases, offense, defense, or special teams for the Denver Broncos. It, it just won't be. There's, is that, was that my John Madden moment? Was that you know Captain Obvious showed up and said, this is going to be a hard game, and, then, and, and it will be a hard game? Yes, that that was the John Madden moment. But you mentioned all three phases. To me, the Kansas City Chiefs have the best special teams in football. And that's because of Dave Tobe, who Lori Latimer Volkman wanted to be the Broncos head coach. And it's fascinating to me that more special teams coordinators don't get a look at being a head coach because look at John Harbaugh in Baltimore. He was Andy Reid's special teams coach with the Eagles. So, I, I mean, that's just fascinating to me. So I think that's an area to look because we all know about the guy who attempts to coach the special teams for the Broncos. And when they don't crap all over themselves, that's the news because it doesn't happen that often. So what are they going to do against a unit that's superior to them? And the way, at least offensively, for the Broncos that they can win this football game and everyone listening to this knows what the key to the game is. Yeah, we'll just let's jump into the key to the game for the Broncos. Run the football. Uh, yeah, run the ball. Uh, is that that's that's pretty much it. It's it's here's your here's your place. This is what you do. You're going to run left. You're going to run right. You're going to run up the middle. You're going to run it with Javante Williams. You're going to run it with Melvin Gordon. You're going to run the football. 
That's the game plan. And and I don't remember what the stat was, but there was uh, a stat that's out there and someone you could look it up if you want to. You can Google it, folks. You got Googles. Uh, and it's something like if they if teams rush the ball more than 25 times against the Chiefs, the Chiefs have a losing record. And if they rush the ball less than 25 times against the Chiefs, the Chiefs have a winning record. I don't know what the disparity is. I can't remember exactly. I just know that 25 was sort of the magic number. And I'm not saying that game flow will dictate that you have, you, you know, I understand. Sometimes you get into a game and running the football is no longer feasible. You've got to th- put it up. You've got to throw it because you've got to score quickly. I get all that. And I'm also not someone who's like, well, you just have to run no matter what because you got to get to that magic number 25. I, I, I don't believe that either. But when you look at how teams perform against the Chiefs, it's clear that if you can control the football while, while running, you maintain your offense on the field and your defense on the sidelines. You keep the Chiefs offense off the field and you are able to dictate what happens in the game. That's what makes running the football so important here. It's not just run the ball to run the ball. You're running the ball to control the clock. You're running the ball to control the pace of the game. You're running the ball to keep Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey and Tyreek Hill and Clyde Edwards-Alaire and and whichever other weapons you want to talk about off the field. That's why you run the football. And if I know it, and if Ian knows it, and if you who is listening know it, and if everybody else in Broncos country knows it, then I for sure as heck hope that Pat Shermer knows it because he's the one who's being paid to know it. As Lori joked in our game balls for the staff preview, and you can read the staff preview at Mile High Report. It'll be up on Wednesday. She said to you, redfish, bluefish. One fish, two fish? I I think that's how it goes. Are we are we allowed to talk about Dr. Seuss? What's the rule on that? I don't know. Uh, <laughs> but I will I will add in, and I, I mentioned this on the postgame recap. Someone else is gonna know that the Broncos' key to success offensively is running the football is Steve Spagnolo. So he is going to probably load the box. He's gonna bring up Tyron Matthew as that eighth person in the box. And they are going to dare Pat Shermer and Teddy Bridgewater to beat them with the throw. I hope that's not a dare that Pat Shermer takes. Because, yes, they're, they know the running game is going to come. That's a challenge for the Broncos' offensive line to do their job. To steal the line from Bill Belichick, do your job. Block it, block Get get that push up the field and beat your man. That's your job. I mean, yeah, it's 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 fairly obvious. I know it's one of those things where you start to talk about this game in particular and, and the obviousness of how the Broncos can find success against the Chiefs is, is one of those things where you feel like you're just saying things that are obvious. And I understand that. And I think, you know, that's a sort of natural – reaction well obviously right every time we say something well obviously yes well obviously but also obviously because they need to do it and it's not been something the Broncos have been able to really do against the Chiefs since the second week of the 2015 season when Bradley Roby 
scoop and scored on a Jamal Charles fumble. The scoop and score was fantastic as well. I, I, that's one of those things that still gives me goosebumps when I think about it, and then also gives me yeah. a little bit of a, a a rage feeling because it's the last time they beat the Chiefs. The Brad, I mean Brandon Marshall forcing the fumble. I mean, I, I wrote Super Bowl Fifty memories at PlayColorado.com last week, just to remember that Super Bowl because it's it's going to be six years in February since the Broncos won that Super Bowl, and obviously there there was the Darian Stewart interception against the Baltimore Ravens to open up that season at home, but I think that last second win over the Chiefs was the first indication that this was going to be a special year. Now, obviously my blood pressure and how worked up I got, I would like to have known that at the time <laughs> because as others have joked, men going through that season know what childbirth is like now, because that's basically what it was like. But yeah, I mean, really it's been six years since the Broncos beat the chiefs. Yeah, it's been it's been a long time. Watching the 2015 season in hindsight is actually fun, though. I mean, I will say that if you if you want to enjoy yourself, go back and watch those games again because you know what's going to happen, and it just makes you feel. Although I will say, even watching the Super Bowl, I still get a little worked up because it's it's the Super Bowl, even though I know what's going to happen. So um, we did keys to the game. That just was pretty simple. Watch, just don't watch the four pick game against Kansas City. Just, at to, home. just skip it. That's all you got to do. That's the beauty of it. You just skip the losses, only watch the wins, and then they go undefeated. It's even better. It makes the season better. It's amazing. Uh, wh- who would have known six years later that the Broncos still wouldn't have beat the Chiefs after that game? Well, you know, not a single one of us would have predicted that. Not, not a single person, not even a Chiefs fan, would have made that prediction because no one could have predict, predicted what that they would have gotten Patrick Mahomes. No one would have been able to predict what Patrick Mahomes would have become. There's, there's so many aspects to that, that, and, and just by law of averages, they've got to beat them once, right? In six years, that's 12 games. That's 12 games. You assume they're going to beat Teddy them Bridgewater, once. And then Teddy Bridgewater can be on that list with John Elway, Kyle Orton, and Peyton Manning. You know, if you think about it, that makes a lot of sense because John Elway, Hall of Famer, Kyle Orton, neckbeard. Peyton Manning, Hall of Famer. Teddy Bridgewater, not necessarily a neckbeard. Two gloves. But, but, but he's got Teddy two gloves. It's just, a, you know, it makes it, there is a certain sense of pattern. We've been talking about patterns. I like that pattern. That's a better pattern uh, as far as I'm concerned. All right, who are our players to watch? Let's go offense first. Players to watch. Which running back I are you did. watching? <laughs> I'm not going. I'm not going running back. I'm going offensive line. I to me that's the. I mean, as cliche as it is, we we said yeah, obviously. Well, it's true. If the Broncos win the line of scrimmage, they're going to win this football game. Yeah, and I'm going to take the I'm going to take the running backs and hopefully watch them run well behind that off, offensive line. That's the idea. Both of them, Javante Williams, Melvin Gordon, doesn't matter because they've got to run the football. So hopefully the lanes will be open and they'll be able to do that. A little more difficult here. Players to watch on defense linebackers, middle linebackers, because they're going to be the key. That's how the Tampa Bay Buccaneers were able to beat the Chiefs in the Super Bowl is because of Levante David and uh, now the other guy's name is escaping me, the other oh, middle linebacker. I know who you're talking about, but I can't think of it. Do you want me to Google it? You, you can Google it at home. You'll be fine. But they, they took away Travis Kelsey. Their middle linebackers were the reason – that offense came to a halt 
was because they could not do anything with Travis Kelsey. And obviously the pressure on Patrick Mahomes, but it started with taking away Travis Kelsey. The Broncos middle linebackers need to do that because they haven't been able to do it the last six years because anytime Travis Kelsey plays this team, it's like 10 catches for 100 yards. So can Baron Browning or Kenny Young or who's ever in the middle linebacker spot, Justin Simmons, maybe Kareem Jackson's going to be back. He didn't play against the Chargers. To me, but the middle linebackers especially – can they do anything to slow down Travis Kelsey? That'll be that will be the big question. You know, the other thing that'll be interesting about it, and you mentioned Clyde Edwards Alaire, uh, you gotta stop the run. The, this Chiefs team does run the football well. And and to me that starts up front with the with guys like you know Shelby Harris, right? Is Shelby Harris going to get that push up front? Is Deshaun Williams? Is McTelvin Gam? Is, is uh, Draymond Jones going to have have a good game? So it's it's the defensive line here for me because not only can they hamper the Chiefs' running attack, they are also the key to getting to Patrick Mahomes. I think every quarterback, no matter what, would rather have a, a pass rush coming from the side that they can escape from versus right up in their face and. That's always been the key to defeating most of the great quarterbacks. I know Patrick Mahomes can can improvise. He's a scary weapon in and of himself. But if you can get good push up the middle to get to Patrick Mahomes, I think you can find success there. I think that's how you make him uncomfortable. And the, the Broncos have had some success doing that over the course of the last few years. Yes, there have been a couple blowout games. But quite frankly, with Vic Fangio calling the defense, they've been fairly successful. And the blueprint is there. Like you said, the blueprint is there. You take Travis Kelsey away and you get pressure on Patrick Mahomes. That should be a recipe for success. As long as you're containing Clyde Edwards-Alaire in the running attack, I think that the Broncos can uh, limit the offensive output of the Kansas City Chiefs. I don't think they're going to stop them completely. I think that it's going to require an offense that puts points on the board. But if you can limit them, if you can hold them to, say, 24 to 27 points, it's not ideal, but the Broncos have a chance. That's that's kind of where I'm at. And the the other Buccaneers linebacker was Devin White. How did we forget Devin White? You said that, and I thought, what a moron am I that I couldn't come up with Devin White. Like, Devin White's a guy that we talked about in the draft as possibly being a guy for the Broncos. How do we how do we screw Ronald that up? Roquan Smith. Oh, don't. Love me some Roquan. He's he's so great. How come they didn't draft him? What happened there? <laughs> just, just going just going back in time. <laughs> just reminiscing about the days when I pined over Roquan Smith. What a what a great player he was. Come on. He's still pretty good for the Bears. I think he's injured right now. I think he's on IR. He is injured. Yeah, he's he's done for the season. That's too bad. Whatever. If I was playing for the Bears, I'd want to be done for the season too. Uh <laughs> you got a prediction? Let's let's throw some predictions out there. So I don't often do this. I and I probably won't put a bet on the Broncos and the Chiefs because I just don't bet the Broncos. But the current spread line at DraftKings was ten points. Ooh. Some of them have it at nine and a half, which is which is a better number. I wouldn't I wouldn't bet that. Yeah, but nine and if a you're hook, looking no at ten, ten though, I, I I think that that that's a that's a decent market. That's a decent value. If it stays at ten. I think the Broncos cover. I think they keep it close. I don't think they're going to win. I I just I, I think this Chiefs team 
coming off of a bye. And of course, me now saying that they're going to cover, they're probably going to get blown out by 20 points. <laughs> We've had that issue. But I mean, I'm not going to predict a win because I mean, there's a reason they're three and 19 all time in December. I mean, John Elway has one win. Peyton Manning has one win. The other one came from Kyle Orton. The next so, beard. I mean, it, it's trending. Like, if there's ever a time for the Broncos to get a win in December, it's this Sunday. But Sunday night football, coming off of a bye, I, I don't see it happening. You know, I, here, here's what I'll tell you. I was tempted to make a, a 44-13 to 13 prediction just because that was the score the last time uh, somebody not named Peyton Manning beat the <laughs> – that was the score of the game that we talked about with with Kyle Orton being the quarterback uh, back in 09. And so I was tempted to throw that number out there. And then I thought to myself about it. The only way I would throw 44-13 to 13 out there is if it was the Chiefs over the Broncos. And so I'm not going to do that because I don't like it. But uh, I, I agree with you. I don't I don't think the Broncos can really get it done. It's There's too many variables. There's too many factors that fall into place that are favorable to the Chiefs beyond just the fact that they are the Chiefs and they seem to have figured it out. And it's the, it's the December. It's the prime time. It's coming off the bye week. There's so many pieces to this puzzle that just scream the Chiefs are going to win that – you know, a betting man might go the opposite direction and say, well, then I'm not going to pick the the Chiefs. I, I am going to pick the Chiefs. I think it's 27-21. Uh, I, I like the Broncos to score three touchdowns. I think they can do it. Uh, the problem is one of them will probably come in garbage time, and they'll be far enough behind at that point that it will just make the game closer than it actually is. Uh, and, and so they're getting closer. They're almost there. There's a, there is a missing piece to the puzzle. Uh, and I don't want to talk about that right now. So, uh, <laughs> from my score, I'm going 30, 23. Okay. So Ooh. they'll keep it with, they'll keep it at a touchdown, but, and I, and I'll, and I'll say this, it has been such a weird NFL season and we've listed the games. I mean, the jets just beat the Texans. I, I mean, what, what the hell? I mean, so I mean, it's been a crazy year from a betting perspective. It's been maddening because you just have no idea what is going to happen from week to week. I, but I just, I, I don't see it happening. It, it, I mean, there's a reason Andy Reid is 19 and three coming off of a bye. As, as, as for all the grief that I give him, he he's out of a football coach and. Nineteen and wow. three speaks volumes. That uh, that's a, that is saying a lot. And on that note, why don't we take a quick break so Ian can gather himself after having to admit that Andy Reid is a heck of a football coach. And uh, when we come back, we'll uh, do our whip around the league and uh, check out the AFC West and the rest of the games, and then we'll say go Broncos. I'm Alex Rodriguez, and I'm Jason Kelly from Bloomberg. This is the deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. 
Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Adam, I still can't believe that I credited Andy Reid for being a hell of a coach. Shit. <laughs> Beep. Oh, s- s- slow on the. Sorry. I'll do it later. But in terms of the games, obviously we start off with the AFC West. I think the interesting game to me, and I mentioned to you before we started, before we came back from the break. After you recovered. I said said Chargers, Bengals. But to me, what what Ron Rivera is doing with the Washington football team. Legit, yeah. I think they're going to go into Vegas and, and get the win over the Raiders. I the way that they're able to run the football and the way that Jack Del Jack of the river, Jack Del Rio has that defense playing right now. He must be he showing must them be sh- so that many. I, I, just, I just stepped on your toes. My bad, but he's been showing them animal attack videos. That's the joke. Oh, I just, we, we, we know each other so well. That's the problem. <laughs> like he must be showing them nothing but animals hunting animals videos yeah. throughout the week. Like, Man, guys, you're going to love this. This is how we get fired up for the Raiders. This is a tiger attacking an antelope. Like, tigers don't attack antelopes. Those are different continents. Whatever. (laughs) You see that tiger attacking that antelope? That's what we need to do to Derek Carr. (laughs) You know, I'm going to say something about the Raiders here, and I don't think you're going to like it. I think Aaron Rodgers is going to be the Raiders quarterback next season. That's what I think. And I don't well, listen to the Char- listen like to it. the Charles Woodson on the Rich Eisen show. He thinks that Aaron Rodgers is going to stay in Green Bay. That's well, just the vibe that he got. I he would prefer that over him going to the Las Vegas and being the quarterback for the Raiders. It's just I just got like a funny vibe thinking about what Aaron Rodgers wants. Right? I was talking to uh, I was talking to my father in law. Quite frankly, you know, sh- you know, usually I shout out the old man here, but I'll shout out the the father in law. And he was talking about, well, doesn't Rodgers want to be on the West Coast? Wasn't that what he wanted? He wanted to be in San Francisco. He wanted to be here. He wanted to be there. And and I think he does want to be on the West Coast. And the closest thing he can get to the West Coast is Las Vegas. So I, I don't like it. It doesn't make me feel good. But I wouldn't be surprised if that's where he ends up. And so in the meantime, I really hope Ron Rivera beats the snot out of the Raiders just to make me feel better. I will say this. I don't think he ends up in Vegas. I, I think if he goes anywhere, Denver would be a higher priority because I think Denver has a better defense. I think they have more weapons on offense. And also because his girlfriend lives in Boulder. Yeah, that's a possibility. You know, I also noticed something. Uh, Ron Rivera and Jack Del Rio. Rivera, Del Rio. I mean, it's a match made in heaven. That? That's the perfection right there. I really like that. I never I hadn't put that together until we had this little conversation here. So uh, now all they need is a foot. They should be the Red Rivers. That's what they should be instead of, you know, the Red Foxes or whatever. If they're not going to be the Red Tails, they should be the Red Rivers. Why not? It couldn't hurt. They should still be the Red Tails. I think it, I think it would be the way to go, but that's apparently we don't make decisions. Uh, the other AFC West game that, that we're going to talk about is the Chargers and Bengals. And I said this to you before we started. I think this would have been a bigger game if the Chargers had beat the Broncos because uh, even though the Chargers are still over 500 and definitely in the hunt for the playoffs, they feel like, as we talked about before uh, we took our little break, 
to me, they feel like a team that's kind of going the opposite direction as the Chiefs. They're charging at this point. They are doing what the Chargers normally do. It's just taking them longer. And so this game loses some of its luster, if if you ask me. But it is still an important game for the playoff picture. It's a big game for the Bengals themselves. This is this is going to be an important game for the AFC playoff picture in particular. Well, and you mentioned the inconsistency of the Chargers. The same is true with Joe Burrow and the Bengals. Anytime they get a big win, they transform back into the Bungles. So what do they do after that shellacking of the Pittsburgh Steelers last week? What does this team look like? And as a fantasy owner, I am stoked about what Joe Mixon is doing because he he's just been incredible the last couple of weeks. Against that run defense of the Chargers, that just got manhandled by Javante Williams and Melvin Gordon. Now, Joe Mixon. It, it's going to be an it's going to be interesting in Cincinnati, and it is in Cincinnati, which is another reason I would lean towards the, the Bengals there. All right, uh, what's what's another game that's what are some other games that are sort of standing out as we head into Week Thirteen? I, I'm looking at I'm going to be looking at Tampa Bay in Atlanta. Tampa Bay is going to need to keep pace with Green Bay to get home field advantage. And then obviously the Cardinals and the bears, Kyler Murray has missed the last three games, three weeks. And they just had their bye with that ankle injury that he suffered against the Packers. If Kyler Murray is back, obviously they're going to be huge favorites over the bears, but what do the Cardinals look like? So obviously Tampa Bay, what does Antonio Brown doing? He's been out with an ankle injury for like the last month. Is he going to be back? Gronk has been back on the field. Uh, looking at Leonard Fournette, the way that he ran against the Indianapolis Colts, if if they're able to get that consistently, Tom Brady already leads the league in, in passing yardage and touchdowns. If you add a running game to that, yikes. Yeah, absolutely. You have, you have Chris Godwin and Mike Evans and Rob Gronkowski, then potentially Antonio Brown, and you have a guy who's running the football like that. I mean, wow. Yeah, that's a that's a um, tough team for sure. So obviously Tampa Bay. What do the Eagles look like after whatever the hell happened to them against the Giants? How are they going to do that to the Broncos and then go and just completely look like the little sisters of the poor? uh against it it makes no sense what they did uh as far uh, how do you lose to the giants after after looking like you did against the broncos i, I don't get it uh it, it was a bit of a shock to me for sure uh but that'll that'll be an interesting one i mean they're the, the nfc east is is a strange division in and of itself because the cowboys look like they should be running away with it and i think they kind of are running away with it but not really running away with it uh who knows what they'll do against the Saints? Uh, I mean, the Saints just spent all that money on Taysom Hill, so they should you know, be good to go on all those gimmick <laughs> plays. God, I do not I, – I can't – as an Alvin Kamara fantasy football owner, I cannot stand Taysom Hill. He is the worst thing to happen to the Saints since uh, – I don't know, since something terrible. I was going to say something and decided since not Drew to. Since Drew Brees just, left. Just, since Drew Brees left. There you go. That's fair. We'll, we'll just say it that way. I can't stand that guy. Uh, it's, it's, it's rough, but that, that game is, is a big one because the Cowboys have got to, they got to win games. They got to keep pace. They've, they, they can't fall too far behind. Cause I don't think they can go on the road in the playoffs and get very far for sure. So there's that, um, the other game, the other, I I'm looking at, I'm just going to jump in here and give one to you. 
I'm I'm looking at Raven Steelers just because of what happened with yeah, Lamar Jackson. Say that. Yeah. Well, and then how bad Ben Roethlisberger and the Steelers looked against the Bengals. I I mean, and this is people will argue for the last what twelve years, maybe a little bit longer than that. This has been the best rivalry in football, just because of the games having such a huge impact on that division, but also in the playoffs. So what do the Steelers look like? And I mean, Lamar Jackson, they got the win, but it's not like he was stellar. I joke to you that every, everyone watching this remembers when he was playing in Cleveland and he had to run off the field into the locker room. Well, that's what he was doing on the field playing against the Browns. He should have left, should have left that crap off the field, uh, for sure. Uh, and then the other game you mentioned to me, uh, the and the game I of the week is is the game of the week as well. Is is the Patriots at the Bills on Monday night? Um, Hopefully, that, we get the Manning cast back because that Steve Levy, Brian Greasy, Lewis Riddick crew is horrible. I'm I'm gonna say something though, and it's, it's gonna upset a lot of people in in Broncos country. Here comes the bad reviews. Uh, I can't get into the Manning cast. I love Peyton Manning. I actually really like Peyton and Eli's interactions. I think that it's fun, but because they're not in the same room, because they are, it's a, it's like watching a zoom call. And I, and I, I just can't get into watching a zoom call and they do a lot of the gimmicky things. And some of their interviews have been good, but, at the Bill same Mickelson time, was excellent. Absolutely, but but at the same time, a lot of their interviews are just people trying to watch the game and then asking Peyton and Eli, "Well, what would you do?" And it's like, I, I need something. I need something a little different. I I hope that they will. Sean Lynch. Even that though, I want them to reevaluate how they put that production together, because I know that that Peyton and Eli want to be able to do their thing in retirement, and so they don't want to be tied to the the production of a show. Like you have to be to do something like that. But if they want it to really be good and successful, I think they do need to have some sort of commitment to it that is beyond just I'm going to sit on my couch at home. And I, I mean, I do that with my brother all the time. We sit on the couch and we FaceTime because he's, you know, he's all the way on the East Coast and I'm living in the Midwest. And so that's how we watch games together if we watch them. And it's neat for us. But I imagine nobody else would want to watch it. That's kind of my feeling on that. So that's my that's my rant on the Manning cast. I want him to do a better job because I like the Manning so much. And I just want ESPN to move Chris Fowler and Kirk Herbstreit from college football to the NFL. Wouldn't that be great? And then the other thing I'm going to be rooting for is I would love to see Von Miller get his first win with the Rams after being there for an entire month. You've been listening to Mile High Report Radio. Get involved in the discussion at milehighreport.com. And as always, go Broncos.